Hi, welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. This is the second episode on mindset, growing a child's mindset. I'm so excited to offer you tips on how to use these principles as a parent, teacher, therapist, tutor, family member, or friend. Before we get started, I want to remind you to practice self-compassion, reflecting on your relationships with your children and how you speak to them. Parenting, teaching, uh, tutoring, being a therapist is tough, and we don't always have the right words. But in the spirit of this mindset approach, I want you to believe that you can grow too and learn new ways of relating to others and helping them see their value. We can change and grow and experience new ways of being. We can change our thoughts. And that is the most powerful work we can do when we address our thoughts and what matters and how we behave and act and react in this world. There is true transformation. And I'm just so excited to share that with you. So rather than define the mindset theory from the Your Mindset Matters podcast, I'm just going to dive in and chat about how adults can help the children in their lives develop a growth mindset. First, I want to talk to you about a recording from the 90s by Rick Lavoie, an expert on learning disabilities who talks about trying to live as with difference as a child. It is so powerful. I mean, it's even how to survive as a child for that matter, despite being diagnosed with a learning difference. Um, it, it's, in, it's so powerful. You can find the video in its long form from PBS for $50, but I thought I'd quickly summarize his idea um, on poker chips. So he talks about how children have poker chips. These chips represent emotional stores of courage and confidence and self-esteem. So all the kids that have everything come easy to them, they have millions of poker chips, right? They have stores and stores of them. And the other kids, kids that might have a learning disability or have one friend or come from the wrong side of the tracks, well, they have very few poker chips. And then children lose poker chips when they answer the question wrong in class, when a teacher shames them for not being able to read aloud, when they miss a deadline, or forget to turn in a homework assignment. They lose more when we yell at them or compare them to others, when we get angry at them for missing a basket in a baseball game. Basketball game, obviously, I'm so good with sports. (laughs) And As a result of this, they try to hold on to what they have. The kids with little stores, low storage um, of of these chips. Kids with millions of poker chips don't care if they get the answer wrong. Ah, that's, you know, I just lost a thousand chips. What's the big deal? Or they'll ask someone out on a date because it won't matter if they'll say no because they've got all these poker chips stored up and they can lose some, right? And uh, I think this really... struck a chord in my heart when Rick um, talked about how kids want to hold on to all the poker chips they have if they have little. They'll start complaining about not wanting to go to summer camp or try new things because they're desperately holding on to what they have. 
I see this in my own life with my son just last week. And it's heartbreaking to watch. And all that I'm doing, you know, it's really about building resiliency. And in my opinion, and it differs from Rick Lavoie somewhat in the approach to helping kids increase their store of poker chips, is that I believe you can increase children's stores of chips by praising wisely, through encouragement, through helping your child see how much you value them as a person. This works to build their resiliency skills. And, and there is so much we can do on that. And I will have another podcast on resiliency skills. I also have a blog post if you want to go check out it on my blog. But I really thought the poker chip analogy was so powerful and could really help us as parents or those who work with children see what the impact of what we say and how we treat children in our everyday lives. And we also don't know when others are taking chips away from our kids. And so we, our job is to give them all the chips that we can give them so that they go to bed at night with more chips than they woke up with. And that is very difficult in this world. We see low self-esteem or low poker storage, and it can be displayed in various ways. Children lose interest in learning, Friendships can suffer as frustrated children seek negative attention. Children can become withdrawn or give in to peer pressure or give up altogether. They can develop self-defeating ways to deal with challenges like quitting, avoidance, silliness, denial. And let me tell you, this hits close to home in my own experience as an adult even when dealing with challenges. Kids can, um, with low self-esteem, constantly back away, blame others for failure, try to cover up their mistakes. You see this in adults too, but that's a side note. And even controlling others or, um, and, and needing that control. That comes from low self-esteem. So I will talk um, about kids with learning disabilities at a later date, but I just want you to think about what these issues do to kids on top of normal childhood learning that is necessary for growth. So we know that self-esteem develops from feeling loved, secure, and developing competence. But how do we help kids develop competence? I think it's through nurturing a growth mindset and cultivating what Dr. Robert Brooks calls the islands of competence. He talks about the need for parents, teachers, and other professionals to first identify a child's island of competence and consider how to strengthen these islands and display them for others to see. It's about altering the mindset of adults as they shift their energy from fixing deficits I say sarcastically, but this happens, to identifying and reinforcing strengths. So I am going to also include um, a a quick PDF of some work by Dr. Um, Robert Brooks so that you can read this um, and, and understand more in depth what he is talking about. But I think it really goes back to helping children identify their strengths But first, you have to value them as a parent, teacher, um, tutor. 
So we, we have the work of, of seeing that and, and bringing that out in children. And then how do you develop a growth mindset? I believe you need to do small daily work to build mindset over time. You can't have one conversation and wire in this way of thinking. So first, those, those small steps that you can take is you need to praise wisely. It's the difference between saying, you're so smart, oh, you're the smartest kid I know, to you really worked hard while working on that project. I love that you are so dedicated to learning. Personal praise highlights your child's natural ability. So you say, oh, your intelligence, your aptitude, everything comes easy to you. Whereas effort-based praise emphasizes what your child can control, how much time they spend on their project, how much effort they expended, how hard they worked. So we know that the research now shows from Dr. Dweck that children who are praised for being smart fixate on performance. They shy away from risks and from meeting potential failure. Children, on the other hand, who are praised for their efforts, try harder, persist with tasks longer, and are more likely to be okay with failing, and that we can help them see that failing is a part of the journey. And this is truly um, part of building resiliency throughout the lifespan. So I think there are three things that you can do today to build a growth-oriented approach. The first is to be sincere and specific when giving praise. So um, I like saying thank you so much for making time um, to, to think of me, to make this card. Your thoughtfulness really matters to me. Versus saying, this is the best card I've ever seen. And I do this. I have had to completely retrain the way I praise Henry. And now I've started it from the offset with my two-year-old Theo. So the other way you could do that is to say, um, I like how you double-checked your reading homework versus good job on your homework. Thank goodness that's done. I've had that before. So it's just really reflecting on how you give praise and what you say. And along with this, try to avoid inflated and hollow praise. If you say you are the smartest kid ever, your child over time may not trust your judgment and will be less willing to try new challenges. And also kids see right through this, right? They know. They need to hear that we believe in them. Yes, I believe that 100%, but they need it to be real and helpful. So you are the best player on the team versus I like watching how hard you work and how much you support your teammates. Those are entirely different rewards or praises that we can give our children that will over time make them more able to try and and not just expect that everything will come easy for them. And that gets to our second approach. I believe that we can promote growth and effort. So how do we do this? You would say your painting technique is coming along nicely. How did you learn how to do this? I like the way that this piece of the painting looks or tell me more about it. 
versus saying you are the best artist. This must be so easy for you. An another example would be, I like how you had your school bag ready to go this morning versus, um, and I've, I, I don't know if I've ever said this. I have. I'm just trying to make myself feel better again practicing compassion because we all um, we all struggle and we it's hard being a parent I hope you know that and but but we have the choice to change and it, it begins with us it, it truly begins with us so so the statement would be I like the way that you had your school bag ready to go this morning you worked really hard at preparing it the night before wow that that really helped it helped us all versus good job not messing up this morning um normally you never can get yourself ready on time and it always makes everybody late so really think about the way that you can pr promote effort and reward effort and growth and finally the third approach or strategy is to help them learn from your mistakes or their mistakes. So if your child believes that they arrive prepackaged with certain abilities, they th may think they have no room for improvement, no ability to improve, and may be less willing to take risk for feel fear of revealing how little talent they have. Think about your messages about failure. When you make mistakes, what do you say to your child? Do you apologize? Do you say, look, we all make mistakes, buddy. I'm going to try to do better in the future. And I, and I know what I could have done. You know, I got angry because I was frustrated and I hadn't had anything to eat. You know, it's that halt um, approach and really helping them think through it. So if you model what that looks like when you make mistakes or when you make you know, have a failure, that, that modeling of emotional understanding and balance is more important than what you can say to your child. So that's why you have to do the hard work first um, before you can talk to your children about this because what you do matters more than what you say, but what you say matters. So you have to think about failure. Do you tell them to just get over it? Do you tell them it's not a big deal? Um, I, I wanted to give you a quick example from uh, my parenting journey. Henry came home upset that he had not passed his typing test. And just a side note, I'm not okay with time typing tests for him. He's going into heaven grade and uh, fourth grade. And for heaven's sakes, I got that all confused. Especially... Um, as he has a processing issue with dyslexia. So can you imagine trying to process the letters on the screen and then quickly use your fine motor skills all while being timed? I, I, I was shocked, you know, he has a learning plan, but sometimes, you know, we just, I, I, we just forget and that's fine. And I never tell Henry any of this. I just saw it as a teaching moment we first talked about how he felt and where he felt it in his body. We'll get into emotion coaching later in a podcast, but I think it's a powerful tool. He was so upset and so angry and felt so stupid. And he felt, he said he felt it in his tummy and he just wanted to 
give up. So we're helping him process his emotions before we then go into talking about how our brains are like muscles and that they can be strengthened through hard work and persistence. And just as we exercise to strengthen our body, we can do challenging things to build our mind. We can strengthen our mind. And I should mention that Henry's job does an incredible job of promoting a growth mindset. Henry's school does an incredible job of promoting a growth mindset. It's on bulletin boards and kids have been taught what it means. So I'm not teaching this in isolation to Henry or in one sitting. And I'm incredibly grateful for this gift of, of a whole approach to his learning and his growth and his development. So on this instance, when he was struggling with feeling down about not passing his typing test, we discussed um, how it's important to challenge your brain and help it learn so it can grow. We talked about neural networks. And um, in the po- uh, blog post, I'm also including some Henry-approved videos for kids to watch rather than get into it here. It's incredible what they can teach and do. And he often asks for these videos. It's interesting when he's feeling overwhelmed because it puts it in perspective and helps, you know, helps him remember why he's doing this and what matters. I also plan to do a podcast on understanding the brain for those of us without a neuroscience background and really how to communicate how the brain works to your children. So get excited. I'm sure you are. Anyway, um, I just wanted to quickly, briefly introduce Growth Mindset Podcast, um, Growth Mindset to you. I'm currently working on a Growth Mindset ebook with practical and daily tips on how to work with kids on boosting their ability to think positively, be oriented towards growth, and really to see their strengths and help you develop those islands of competence. So I hope if you haven't done so already that you'll subscribe to my email list and I'll let you know when it's ready. I also will be sending out a preview to download download to all subscribers this week. You can go to the Lives of Courage blog for more information. But finally, I thought I'd give you a bit of homework to do with your children. The children, the that child in your life that you want to work with. So I want you to pick out one practice to build their growth mindset out of the three we discussed today. Think about how you praise, promote effort, help them learn from their mistakes. I would also recommend that you spend five to 10 minutes of individual time each day with this child. Now, if it's someone you work with, it's, it's fine, or if you want to do this in a class, this is, this is um, a side note. This is for parents um, because we're often just running around, running errands, cooking. We have, you know, other children. And for kids to get that one-on-one time, for you to let them know that they matter and that you value them for who they are and all the strengths they have, this is a great time to help them see their strengths. So that's a bit of the homework. You'll find more information, links, resources on the blog post associated with this podcast. (laughs) Okay, well, I hope you have a great day. I cannot wait to hear how you are using this in your life, in your work with your 
children, um, I hope you'll reach out to me um, and just let me know how it's going. So thanks again for joining me today and working to live a life of courage. See you next week.